Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. 2 Peter chapter 1 is one of the most weighty and profound passages in all of Scripture. Phrase after phrase in these few verses convey the progression and development of the divine life as it germinates, matures, and comes to full growth. Along this progression or path, all of the attributes of God's divine life become the virtues that develop and are ultimately expressed through us. Of course, while God supplies the divine power, according to Peter, which enables us to escape the corruption of the world that works through lust and to become partakers of the divine nature, there are some basic conditions that we need to meet, such as having a full knowledge of all the divine things pertaining to life and godliness. And in addition, we need to add all diligence to cooperate with the divine power operating within us. The result of this marvelous development is that God is expressed through us, and we, in turn, are supplied a rich and unshakable entrance into God's kingdom. Francis Ball has joined us as we continue on this. Uh, I feel like, Francis, we're driving through either the Rockies or maybe the Canadian Rockies. The peaks are so high, and they're all around us, and uh, just trying to take it in is almost more than we can manage, it seems, isn't it? I believe this really describes our situation right now. We are in the midst of all these high peaks, and we'd like to be able to bring them down to a clear view, and it's not so easy. <laughs> uh, Francis, we're going to take, you know, one of the, the old proverbial two steps backward and three steps forward. We've been covering these verses. We're going to come back now to verse 3 in chapter 1, the ground in one way we've covered. But again, when you drive through uh, this kind of scenery, each time you drive through, you realize you didn't see that much the first time, don't you? Right, that's right. There's always something fresh in this word. Let's look again at verses uh, 3, 4, and 5. I think we'll have a very helpful portion from Witness Lee to uh, give us more clarity, more light on this passage. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us all things which relate to life and godliness, through the full knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and virtue, through which he has granted to us precious and exceedingly great promises, that through these you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption which is in the world by lust. And for this very reason also, adding all diligence, supply bountifully in your faith virtue and in virtue knowledge. And Francis, just as a very brief review for those who were with us yesterday or those who weren't with us yesterday, we saw that in Peter's concept here, he's presenting faith as the divine seed. The seed which was Christ in his first epistle is now faith in this epistle. And within this seed are all these wonderful attributes, all these elements, all these uh, progressive steps in the development of the Christian life. And as uh, the life matures, these are released and develop and grow and ultimately are manifested and expressed. And ultimately, it's really the expression of God himself, isn't it? Certainly is. And I'll have to admit, Chris, I was a Christian for years before I realized that this is the way virtues are produced in the believer's life. So I think we're in for a real treat to see something fresh from God's Word. 
All right, let's join Witness Lee, and then we'll get a chance to come back and uh, fellowship about these rich points. Verses 3 and 4. In verse 3 of the virtue, in verse 4 you have the divine nature. The divine nature is the different aspect of the riches of what God is. God is holiness. God is righteousness. God is love. God is light. God is kindness. God is so many items. And all these items are his attributes. And every attribute is a virtue. When we enjoy what God is, then we have virtue. And this virtue, the essence, the element of the virtue, is included in that faith as a seed. And within this faith as a seed, all the virtues of what God is, is included. And what is virtue? Virtue is the result of the enjoyment of what God is. Then go on from virtue to knowledge. What is knowledge? Here it means what? Full knowledge. Full knowledge of God. Full knowledge of our Lord. And this God surely is the very God who became a man by incarnation, who lived on this earth for 33 and a half years, and who died on the cross, and who uh, was buried, and who was resurrected. You can realize through such a long process, incarnation, human living, crucifixion, resurrection, through such a long process, a lot of elements have been what added into him. Amen. Our God today is both God and man. He does have human nature. He does have humanity. Not only so, he does possess the all-inclusive death of Christ. And he does possess also the resurrection. Francis, among these eight items that Peter gives us here in these uh, few verses is this matter of full knowledge, a full knowledge of God, of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is not a kind of a vague general knowledge, oh, God is great, God is mighty, God is the creator. This really implies a specific knowledge related to God and all of the processes that he has passed through, doesn't it? Oh, it's marvelous. I just uh, was recently acquainted with a certain uh, presentation for people who are atheistic or Mm -hmm. tend to be atheistic, and they're answering a question about God or no God. But this goes far, far beyond that. There is God, and this God is marvelous in all his processes to become available to us for our living. Let's talk about that process a little bit. He mentioned some of the uh, stages. Incarnation, human living, his all-inclusive death, resurrection. This is a progression of God's, isn't it, that he passed through? God has taken all these steps in order to accomplish a very definite purpose. So we're very thankful that the word here in Peter, Peter's writings, unfolds how some of this process takes place and is worked out in us. Francis, when you take this into the context of these verses, he's talking about in verse 3, seeing that his divine power has granted to us all things which relate to life and godliness. The divine power here is the operation of this 
processed triune God within us. And according as uh, we see in uh, Paul's writing in Ephesians, it's the same power, Paul says, that operated in Christ in raising him from the dead. It's quite tremendous, isn't it? Oh, marvelous. I tell you, Chris, this is just beyond imagination. This has to come to you by revelation. Anybody trying to write something like this would have to rely on fiction. (laughs) But for the revelation that God has given us through the apostles, and particularly in Peter's writings here, to see how all of these attributes of God can be worked into us believers so that they can be lived out of us and we can be a participant in God's own attributes. You made reference a minute ago uh, at the opening of the program to your understanding, uh, you know, years ago as a new believer about uh, how the virtues are added to us. Matt Miller and I talked a little bit about this yesterday because the wording in verse 5 is a little tricky. And I read a number of the various uh, popular translations, and the translators are uh, a little perplexed on how to handle this because we have this phrase, adding all diligence and then supplying bountifully in your faith. And some of the translations came away saying, add to your faith. But that thought really doesn't connect with what Peter is saying here, does it? I think we need to have some realization that This epistle is written in a way of experience, not in a way of uh, vain doctrine or even accurate doctrine, because these things are worked into us, but they're worked into us by the very faith that was put into us in our believing in Christ. Now we develop in our faith all these attributes of God in the divine life. Because divine life came into us, now we have opportunity or access to the divine attributes which can be worked into us in our faith. You mentioned a while ago that uh, faith is like a seed. This seed sprouts all kinds of marvelous things as it's developed. Right. So we want to develop in our faith, not add to our faith, but develop in our faith all of these virtues. Francis, I think in this line, it's good now to come to verse 7. We're going to focus on this verse. Uh, This is the verse that mentions two different kinds of love. In the English, we just have the one word love, like many other words in the New Testament. In the Greek language, the original language of the text, there are different words for love uh, that convey a different quality of love. So in verse 7, it says, and in godliness, brotherly love, and in brotherly love, love. And these are not the same Greek word. We'll hear Witness Lee try to uh, pronounce the Greek word. It's a little hard to hear. He's really uh, saying the agape, which is the Greek there, and his pronunciation with his uh, Chinese accent makes it a little tricky, so I thought I would point that out in advance. Why don't we join him for this fellowship? Many, many times our love is just nice, but no life supply. If you have Peter here, he also loved the brothers. But you know, in his brother love, there is another essence, which is called agape, the divine love. And this love supplies you. And it supplies you with a very deep wisdom. And in that, there is not only the nourishment, but also what? Antibiotic. And you're loving the brothers. Antibiotic is what? Infused. You realize he has a shortage. 
you realize he has certain kind of weak points. By teaching, it won't work. By correcting, it won't work. By fellowshipping, no. There is the need of a nobler love. That in that nobler love, you put in some antibiotic to kill the germs. In the church, now we need these kind of brothers and sisters loving others, not foolishly. Loving others with a higher purpose. Loving others to nourish them, to heal them, to kill the germs. You see what I mean? Generally speaking, our brother love is quite dependable upon our emotional tide. Do you understand my language? We all have an emotion, and all emotion is a tide. Sometimes our emotion is very high, but that time you could love everyone. You are so high, emotionally high. Sometimes you are so low. Some brothers, you have to realize his uh, kind of disposition, his kind of temper. When he's high, he would do everything for you. You talk to him, everything would be okay. When he's low, don't go to him. <laughs> Whatever you say, no. Surely that is not agape. Agape is a kind of love. It doesn't go with your emotional tie. It goes with the divine life. It doesn't change. We need to learn how to love the brothers with this divine love without any kind of a tide, emotional tide. But according to the real need, you come to me this morning, I'm the same. You come to me next morning, I'm still the same. You come to me anytime, I am the same. I love you according to your need. Human love cannot do this. This is why after brother love, love has to be developed. Francis, I'd like to pick up the uh, kind of practical example he gives here. Now, I hope I'm not exposing you too much, but uh, I know you have been an elder, a leading one in the uh, in the church for many, many years, and in that capacity, no doubt you've had to deal with a lot of brothers, with a lot of various weaknesses. And I know the temptation that I face in that uh, circumstance. It's easy to fall back and try to teach them something or point the way, but this uh, solution that he's describing here, the ministry of this agape love, is a, a, another kind of solution altogether, isn't it? It really is another solution altogether, and I wouldn't say I have learned much but I have at least become aware that it takes another kind of love. And what he pronounces a little peculiar to me, yeah. I understand as agape. Right. That is the noble love. That is the divine love. We have to learn, and I guess we have to develop in our faith, this kind of divine love that can be expressed through human vessels so that we could be meeting people in a loving way according to their need not according to our emotions. But I'm afraid I have to look back on a lot of days and occasions and even years of expressing things through this kind of uh, love that's natural and uh, depending yeah. on certain feelings. But the real goal 
is that we might develop in our faith this brotherly love to such an extent that it is noble and it is meeting the need of those that need that kind of love. You know, uh, interesting, the Lord Jesus in uh, Matthew chapter 5 tells us to love our enemies, and this obviously is another description or capacity of this agape love, this more noble love. Now we're not seeing it in that context, but we're seeing it applied more in our day-to-day situation, even as we are dealing with one another, the brothers in the faith. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have a kind of an affection, a love, a brotherly love for one another, but even here, we shouldn't fall back and just rely on that uh, sort of natural uh, kind of love that sort of rises and falls with the tide of our emotions, as he describes. But this is really a time when the requirement is much higher, isn't it? It's, it's the requirement is for the divine love. Much higher, I would say. Uh, that kind of love you're describing that you have toward a brother may be very natural. It may be very educated, but it doesn't have a real feeling of the spirit. Yeah. It's not the real virtue. It's more like a, a learned attitude to have. Yeah. But what we really need is this agape love, which is only developed by the enjoyment of Christ as our life. God is love. And when we enjoy the divine life, we can enjoy this divine love. And we can learn to exercise love towards others in this kind of way, which is genuine, noble, and meeting a need for all the people who are under a condition where this love is needed. You know, the verse we all know so well, God so loved the world, it's interesting, it doesn't say there that he just loved the good ones in the world. It means he loved the world, yeah. the good, the bad. That is another uh, example where God's love surpasses what we are capable of because we tend to be quite selective with how we apply or portion out our love, aren't we? We certainly do tend to be choosy according to our own feeling. But God so loved the world that he gave, Mm. and he gave life, and he gave everything in that life. So as we experience him, as we enjoy him, as our life and everything to us, that kind of love is developed in us spontaneously and unaffected by our emotions so much. But this kind of love is a divine attribute that's being worked into us as one of our virtues. Yes. So we have both the divine love and we have the human love. But these two are really mingled as one when we experience the agape love toward our brother. And it's marvelous, as you pointed out a while ago, that this uh, very divine love, the, the attribute, the divine attribute is contained in the seed of faith and now is just developing and growing and abounding. And the result of this, as we'll see in this uh, final portion, is related to verse 11. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly and bountifully supplied to you. Okay, after the development to enter into eternal kingdom, we have to know we're not going to enter there to be citizens. You know what? When we will enter into the eternal kingdom, we will be the kings, not the citizens. And these kings, to go there, need the maturity in life. Look at the prince of England. She still is not enthroned to be king. She is still under 
the what? The growth. So we Christians are destined to be the kings in the coming kingdom. Look at today's Christians. How could these people enter into the kingship? Look at yourself. Start to say this. Even you could enter in and the Lord Jesus would put you on the throne to be a king. You would think, I'm just a little scorpion. How could I exercise the, the kingship? No need to say the Lord Jesus says you are not qualified. Even yourself, right? Now we need to grow. To grow is to what? To develop what you have already got. We all have been allotted with this wonderful faith, which is the seed. All the divine riches now are what? Included in this seed. We just be diligent to develop something in it. Then, by developing, we grow. And then we will hit the maturity. Then we'll be full of Christ. Paul says, we will have the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Right? Then you are so qualified and equipped to be the proper king. It's very interesting to me, Francis, that Peter and Paul were really headed at the same target. Their phrases were different, their expressions were a little different, but the thought, the concept, the content of what they were both presenting, absolutely parallel, tracking together and with the same destination that we arrive at the kingdom, and not there just uh, by accident, are we? That really is true, Chris, and when you're saying this, it makes me realize that these two apostles were not competing with each other who could be the most prominent apostle. Right. They were really speaking the same thing. Right. To develop in the believers such a faith that they would have this kind of love that would make them mature in life. By this enjoyment, we mature in life, and we become qualified to enter into his glory, which is really to reign with Christ. So we really thank the Lord that there is such a working going on in all the believers who would open to him, and they receive this develop in your faith, all these virtues, and the goal is glory. To be reigning as king in the coming kingdom is the reward to those who will mature in life, and the Lord must have these kind of people for his kingdom to be here on earth. Yeah, at the uh, beginning or outside of this whole passage, Peter reminds us of the virtue and glory through which and to which we are called. So yeah. uh, glory is how we're attracted. We get a glimpse of it through the eyes of faith when we come to the Lord originally, initially. Uh, but it's also our destiny, isn't it, that we are going to enter into that same glory. No shortcuts. Uh, of course, salvation is an instantaneous uh, result of our receiving the divine life by faith. But the process through which uh, we are produced as kings, ultimately, to be qualified to reign in his kingdom is not one that uh, has a lot of shortcuts, is it? That's right, because salvation is the beginning point. That's what puts the divine life into our spirit. But the going on to glory is to develop in our faith all these virtues, which really are the expressions of the divine attributes. Then we can reign as kings with Christ. 
Good to have you with us again, Francis. I always say this, but it's always true. I enjoy it so much when you come and we can share this time together, uh, handle this uh, marvelous portion before us each time, and I look forward to your next visit. I look forward to that also. Thank you very much. Well, we hope you'll contact us to uh, get the printed live study messages to find out about the recovery version with these uh, marvelous footnotes and the other materials we have available at Living Stream. Uh, you can reach us toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or you can write to us. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. We hope you'll be back with us tomorrow as we continue in Second Peter, still in Chapter 1. But uh, we will draw to the end of Chapter 1 shortly and go on to conclude the book in the coming days. So be with us for as many of these programs as you can. For Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde. Thanks very much for listening today. Millions of Christians have been strengthened in their faith through the ministry of Watchman Nee. In a recent release by Living Stream Ministry entitled The Overcoming Life, Watchman Nee sounds a call to the believers to pursue the normal Christian life that is hidden with God in Christ. The overcoming life is filled with truth, reverberates with hope, and brings the reader to renewed consecration. The Overcoming Life by Watchman Nee from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788.